0: No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Hi guys, I'm Emma and I'm Julie and we're the girls behind comments by celebs and welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. I got to tell you guys, we fully recorded this episode. It was ready to go and this news broke about keeping up ending. We called our producer in a panic and we were like, there's no way this episode can go up and we not address the news. This is live. Julie and I have not spoken on the phone yet. So consider this basically our phone call. This happened an hour ago. And not to sound dramatic, we are distraught. Distraught. There's no other way to describe it. Let me just read Kim's statement just to really set the tone because I kind of, there's still a part of me that feels like this isn't real, but it is. I know. You know? Okay. No. She said to our amazing fans, it is with heavy hearts that we've made the difficult decision as a family to say goodbye to keeping up with the Kardashians. After what will be 14 years, 20 seasons, hundreds of episodes and numerous spin off shows, we are beyond grateful to all of you who've watched us for all these years. Through the good times, the bad times, the happiness, the tears and the many relationships and children. We'll forever cherish the wonderful memories and countless people we've met along the way. Thank you to the thousands of individuals and businesses that have been a part of this experience. And most importantly, a very special thank you to Ryan Seacrest for believing in us, Eve for being our partner and our production team at Boona Murray who spent countless hours documenting our lives. Our last season will air early next year in 2021. Without keeping up with the Kardashians, I wouldn't be where I am today. I'm so incredibly grateful to everyone who has watched and supported me and my family these past 14 incredible years. This show made us who we are and I will forever be in debt To everyone who played a role in shaping our careers and changing our lives forever with love and gratitude Kim. Oh, I just got upset again. I just got the chills. Okay. Here's my thing. Like, yes, obviously you and I happen to really love them, but take that aside. Like this was just such a fixture in pop culture. Like, and it was so synonymous with our childhood. Like it was just always on the show. There are so many layers and I wanted for us to try to break down them all. But like, Just from a soul consistency standpoint,
1: like this is so crazy. I, I, yeah. I mean, it's not even just a fixture of pop culture. This is half our lives that we've spent more than half our lives that we've spent with the show. And I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I was saying on the episode that like, there are certain songs that will always be meaningful to you or certain artists that will always be meaningful to you because as you go through your life, you have that song kind of playing in the background or big moments with that song. That's also how I feel about the Kardashians. Like in every step of my life, especially like my adult life, there was always some Kardashian drama or episode that I can associate with that time. Completely. And that's First of all, that's
0: so much a thing of it, where it's like you just picture what you were at and what you were doing. It's kind of like we know where we were at when certain big news broke. But the other thing is the fact that. As someone who cares about them, like assuming that you didn't hate watch the show, you watch it because you care. Like when something big happened in news, like for example, when the Jordan Tristan thing happened, it was a absolutely huge deal and we had a million questions, but we knew that in roughly six or so months, we would get those answers. And it's very bizarre now to know that when future drama happens, we're not gonna have like the safety net of this episode that shows us the behind the scenes, which I understand that's how it is for like every other celebrity. Like we were just really... really like kind of blessed like this was not the
1: norm but we got used to it you know what i mean yeah of course well that's kind of it that you're mourning and and i literally mean mourning the end of the show that you loved or watched or grew up with but also you're then mourning the fact that there's so much information that you'll never get now like when something big happens we're just now going to have to deal with the fact that as much news comes out from sources and twitter and from them themselves that's all we're gonna get. There's nothing more. Like I'm just thinking about the Tristan situation, like that happening, and imagining that situation, but then not getting a two-part, three-part episode after the fact.
0: Oh my, Julie! But think about how many things throughout the years. Think about Scott and Courtney. Like that's the thing that I think people don't understand, and I get it. Like if you if you don't like the Kardashians, nobody's trying to tell you to like them. That's totally your prerogative, and that's fine. But you have to at least acknowledge, even if you don't respect it, you have to at least acknowledge the way in which they let the public into their lives. And I get it, it really benefited them, like obviously from a financial standpoint, etc. But like that level of intimacy is so rare. And when it is at that level, it's typically not at this level of fame. Like it's very, very rare that reality stars also happen to be A-listers. And
1: the like the combination of the two was just so unique. Well, yeah, well, you know, that's the thing with the family and the show is that this was the blueprint that no one else was able to follow. Mm -hmm. Like, they set their own path and the ability to be on a reality show, be taken seriously in pop culture, be taken seriously in fashion, grow this empire all from what people consider to be a trashy reality show. And not only had that not happened before, it Probably won't happen again. It, it really—that's why I think this is so sad and like so hard to wrap our heads around—is because everything that we know about pop culture today and everything that we associate with with that most of that comes from the Kardashians, and I don't mean that in the sense of like obviously there was acting and they were singing their celebrity drama before the Kardashians, but the intimacy of celebrities and the insight into their lives and that being associated with the way we feel about certain celebrities, that's all Kardashian. The reason we feel that way is because of them.
0: No, I know. That's why I'm having a really hard time. Like not just, not to sound ridiculous, but I kind of always thought about this because obviously it wasn't going to go on forever. Like even in the back of our minds, we thought that, but we knew that it wasn't going to go on forever. And so I always thought how, not only how we would react, but also how the public would react. And the reaction that I'm seeing is just pure shock. Like, I really think when when you look at it, yeah, we could see Courtney was kind of on her way out and it makes sense. Like, logically, I can understand why this is happening, but emotionally,
1: I'm not there yet, Julie. Well, I know because especially with the kids getting older, there was like this delusional part of me that just thought we'd be able to see them grow up forever. And I know that's not logical. And I know the show was going to end. And I know that like, if it wasn't them announcing it now, it was going to be in the next couple of months or the next couple of years. I'm not delusional. But there was a really optimistic side of me that just thought we would always get the content on some level.
0: No, I know. And I was trying to think of different things as to, aside from just the obvious of like, it kind of ran its course. They want to end on a good note. Like I was trying to think of like, uh, you know, individual things as to why this would be the case. And I get it. If the rumors are true and Chloe is back with Tristan, like it makes sense that she wouldn't want that relationship publicized, especially if she decides to get pregnant again. I think the scrutiny is already going to be there. So then to have it on the show, that's one thing. I think Kanye wise, it was not the right thing. I think, like you said, as the kids, Courtney was already on her way out. Like that makes sense to me. All of those points make sense. And I think for them, it's probably
1: the right decision. But I don't know. We just got so accustomed to this. I think that's something that Kim, Chloe, and Scott specifically are going to have a difficult time with is going to be the lack of an ability to control the narrative going forward. Because as many people hate the Kardashians, as many people say shit and write shit and make up shit or exaggerate things, they always had the ability to prove and show their side of the story. And not that they can't do that now in a tweet or an Instagram post or a series of Instagram stories. Obviously, they still have that ability, but it's not the same thing as showing the behind the scenes, showing the truth, showing them going through it. So I wonder, you know, when the next big thing does happen, are they going to feel a lack of control in not being able to show the real side of it?
0: You know, it's so interesting you say that because I was thinking that for Kim's sake, there's just a part of me that feels like for Kim, this is absolutely the hardest. And like, obviously she has a million other things. She's so busy. And in a lot of ways, it's probably the best thing to ever happen because she can now focus on her other endeavors. And I understand that. And specifically like marriage wise, I think it was really, really stressful to have the cameras there constantly. But I do think for Kim, she thrived in this. Like you see among, out of all of them, she's the one that is like, no, this never bothered me. The cameras never bothered me. The fame never bothered me. I knew that I was born for this. She had aspired to be this since she was you know, Paris Hilton's closet organizer. This was the trajectory that she had in her mind. The other ones were thrown into reality television because they happened to be Kim Kardashian's siblings, whereas Kim knew she was destined for reality television. The stardom that followed was not one that I think she was aware of. But I think for her, it's also kind of like a death.
1: Yeah, oh my God. I mean, even if you are Kim and you've kind of grown tired of the show, whether you want to admit it or not, you still have to pay homage to the thing that made you what you are. I mean, we're talking about Kim and all of the success that she's had, and so much of that has been outside of the show, but it only happened because of the show. There wouldn't be a Kim Kardashian the way we know her today without the show. You may know the name. You may, she may have gotten involved in fashion on some level. There may be other things, but the way you know the Kardashian family and the way you know Kim today would have been impossible without the show. And and the whole family obviously knows that. And I think that's why it's such a loss for them.
0: Huge, huge. I think for, you know, for Kendall, for Kylie, for Courtney, it's one thing, but you're so right. For Chris, Kim, Chloe, and Scott, it's going to be hard. And I also think Scott-wise, like, for all of the difficult times that Scott went through and the public perception that he had, which was terrible for so long, he always ended up redeeming himself. And the only way he was able to do that was through this show. There's no way that any social media post, any interview could have conveyed that same sense of warmth and just like love we all felt, we all, I guess, learned to have for Scott.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I'll tell you one thing, Em. Mark my Word. words. If him and Courtney get back together, and we don't get to see the behind the scenes of that, I will riot. You? <laughs> I will. We will.
0: I I, I. I don't. I can't believe you just said that. Like, why did you have to bring that up at this time? Don't, I thought we were getting our feelings out. Isn't this how that works? I've never done this before. No, right. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't want to. I, I keep going. I don't want to stop your feelings. I just that was that's a really harsh thought to think about. Wow. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. I'm so sorry I did that. You're right. I shouldn't have, but wow, that'll be, there are so many things. I I mean, listen, it's not like we're losing them. It's not like we're going to log on to Twitter and Instagram when the show ends and there's just going to be no more Kardashians anymore. Obviously that's not going to be the issue. They'll always be in our orbit. It's just a, a level of intimacy that you're losing. that feels like a really major loss.
0: No, I totally agree. And I just, in like a panic right before we did this, I uploaded a voice note to Patreon. And something I said in there that I want to say here to anyone listening is like, I know some people that are listening to this are probably like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. I can't believe you care so much. That's fine. But for those of you that also care so much and are so sad, don't let other people kind of like shame that. Like your, your emotions about this are valid. No, they're not dying. But this was so representative of so many big times in our life. And I can't tell you how many people have DM'd us and been like, Oh my God! Watching Kardashians was the only thing that got me through my divorce. Watching them was the only thing that got me through when I was in my hospital bed. Like, there's a there's an air of reality television that serves as escapism. And take away any of your thoughts on them. You don't have to like them. You can still acknowledge that that was real for so many people. And like, I wish that there was something that we could say to you guys to comfort you or to calm you or. But the only thing I can say is like, we are feeling the same way that so many of you are. This really sucks. And I want, I know there's like another side
1: of not being ridiculous, but it's, it sucks. It's sad. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's literally just the end of an era. End of a goddamn era.
0: It started, I have the date up here, October 14th, 2007. So it will have been, you know, a little bit 13 and a half years. I'm, can I ask you a logistical question that I'm kind of confused about? Of course. So in her caption Kim said um, 20 seasons wait no she said our last season will air early next year in 2021. So does that mean that the season that's coming back this you know this coming Thursday they're counting it as season 19 instead of a continuation of season 18 and then they will launch the final season which is going to then season 20 at the
1: beginning of next year? Is that the way that you read that? Um I was confused about that and at first I was like I think they messed up and then I was like maybe they're counting like offshoot seasons as part of the full season and I wasn't sure about that. It's possible that they're doing that where it's season 19 coming back and just so that they can end on like a nice even number.
0: That's what I was saying. I think that that's probably what it must be. There's no way cuz people were messaging us like, "Oh my god, do you guys think they're pushing back the launch date?" No, I don't think that there's no way they would do that.
1: No, no. I I think If anything, like, no, they didn't calculate it wrong. Like they must be just doing 19 and 20 or doing a quick 19 in the fall. Uh, Yeah, no, it has to be 19. I'm just thinking out loud here. But yeah, that has to be coming back 19 unless they just like said the wrong thing.
0: No, no, I I definitely think there's no way that that statement I'm sure went through so many people. There's no way it also makes sense that they would want to end on an even number. I feel like
1: Uh, it would have like
0: driven me crazy if they ended on 19 and not 20. I know the other thing that I want to ask you is a lot of people are talking about the future of E just because E! News ended, uh, Chris and Cavallari show ended, which not that that was some saving grace, but like still that was a reality show and now this one. And so I wonder just what E! is thinking for the future of their programming. Not to say that they're dead. I mean, like, I just am curious what's gonna... This is, this is, by the way, what day is it? September 8th, 2020. I'm very curious to see if a year from now or six months from now we're looking at some sort of a TikTok star, like an ad, not not to make the Addison comparison, but someone like that or D'Amelio's, something like that that is now going to take the spot on E. This is a very, this very easily could be like the next generation coming up.
1: So I will say in terms of E, I think that the question mark about what happens to E now or where does it go has a lot more to do with cable TV as a whole rather than E itself. Because I think that's the major question about like why or like what of cable TV itself survives. Because when you have all of these streaming services, and I know we're getting into like a little off topic here, when you have all of these streaming services and you have to pay X amount every month for those, then a lot of people are saying like, fuck it, what do I need cable for anymore, right? Like logistically, that's what's happening. And on all of these other platforms, there's so much less censorship. So there's so much more freedom in creating content. So I think that the question mark about what happens to E is bundled into that whole idea of like what happens to reality TV and cable television as a whole. Yes,
0: and also where does Peacock fit into all of this?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. The whole streaming thing, because- I don't know. It's something I think about a lot, like in my own life, because of my obsession with television shows and the quality of cable TV versus the streaming sites, especially when you're watching the Emmys, for example. And it's like there's no comparison between the qualities of the show now. Um, But it is so interesting to think about because E was I mean, is I'm not even going to say was the staple of pop culture when you were growing up every single night you put on E, if you needed something to be confirmed, you went to E first. So the, the Kardashians living there was such a perfect place for him because of what E meant to pop culture as a whole.
0: Oh my God. And think about how, yeah, exactly. Then they could go be interviewed by Juliana and Jason on E news. They could go on daily pop. Like it was just such a perfect being in the NBC family made so much sense. Right. Can I ask you a question though? You can always ask me a question. <laughs> do you think that this is the end for them in terms of reality television, meaning like a spinoff?
1: Like, do you think they would ever be open to a spinoff again? Um, the only thing I could see them logically doing is like an um, every year, end of the year, big interview together and like showing us behind the scenes that they filmed on their own.
0: When Chloe posted the, her, her, her post today and Andy commented saying that he wants to do the reunion, I was thinking, could you imagine if they did it like how they do Housewives style? That would be so epic.
1: I think they have to do something big like that. Would they do that for their 10-year anniversary? Yeah, they did that for their 10-year, and they've done a
0: couple of others. No, they definitely will do something, but it would be really interesting to have Andy host it. Although Ryan Seacrest, I understand, is kind of like it would make the most sense, clearly. Yeah,
1: it would have to be Ryan, but wow. I'm like already nervous for that to happen. I'm already upset not to
0: sound really like weird, but something that I was thinking about is, you know, how we always say how it's so crazy for them that they have such huge moments of their life on film, like looking back, whatever the thing is, they they can watch it. Yeah. Like, they have a representation of how they felt in the moment. I'm almost like, I mean, I'm always so grateful for having this podcast, but I feel like so lucky that we have this because our reaction is now recorded for ourselves. Like this is a big deal. Honestly, this is a big deal in the pop culture landscape and like the way that we feel about it. I, I needed this time to talk about it and
1: I'm glad that we have it now to like remember. <laughs> One day we're going to sit our kids down and be like, okay, this is what happened when we found out keeping, with the Card- uh, keeping up with the Kardashians was being canceled. And
0: I, was that. <laughs> I was about to say that. And I was like, oh my God, people are going to think we're fucking crazy, but it's true. It's also, wait, I guess we should address the elephant in the room which everybody was asking us of like, yes, of course we will, as you guys know, Next Thursday, we'll drop, or no, next Friday, we will drop our um, recap of this new season. And I guess going forward, we will do continue to recap the new season. And then once it's over, I don't know, you know, we'll probably have to talk to you guys and see what you think. Are we going to continue to recap old episodes? We're only on season two. We have a bunch of more seasons we could do. Are we going to switch to something else? I guess we'll. The beauty of this is that we're kind of in control here, so we can figure it out what works best. But we'll definitely talk to you guys and see what you would like. And definitely email us, DM us, because. I mean, for our sake it's kind of bizarre from like a business perspective too. Right. You would think they would give us a little warning. I had this thought of like, should we try? Like should we try to get Kim? Would this be it? But I I don't know. There's just a part of me that feels like intuitively this is the type of thing that when we really try to do it, it should be in person. Because think about how much superior it would be in person. Oh, it has to be in person, yeah. Right? It has to be. Like we don't wanna waste it's our one shot. We don't wanna waste it on a, a virtual thing, which is great, but I feel like we need that, like just chemistry in person.
1: Well, the good news is, is that there is a big chunk of time between—not a big chunk, obviously—but there is a chunk of time between now and it actually ending, so we can put a couple of things into motion and see what we can do.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, I guess um, we'll now cut. it. <laughs> I don't even remember honestly how the, the rest of this episode went. We filmed, we recorded this probably like I don't know, eighteen or so hours ago, but. The episode that we're recapping is uh, season two, episode eight is The Trip to Breckenridge. It was amazing. A lot of nostalgia, sidekicks, juicy couture, tracksuits, etc.
1: But wow, Julie, I'm so glad I have you. I got to tell you. I'm equally as glad. I'm also glad that we're going from this to an incredibly iconic episode. Yeah,
0: this was a good one. This was really a good one. I don't even remember what we said in our initial intro, but it doesn't even matter because this is so much more important. <laughs> Anyway, as always, we love you guys. Thanks for everybody who just like excitedly DM'd us. It makes us feel, Julie was actually saying, I think you made the point in this episode of how like when something big happens on the internet, there's this contagious sense of camaraderie that happens. And this was one of those times where it seemed like everyone was on the same page. Those who were upset, those who were excited, those who were thrilled that it was canceled, whatever the thing was, you were still talking about it. And so it's funny that that happened. And then you talk about that later on in the
1: episode. Well, now I kind of feel like it was my fault because after we spoke about it in the episode, I texted Isabel and I was like, I really want something big to happen. Like I want something that the whole internet is talking about again. And then this today when it happened, I was like, oh my God, did I do this?
0: No, don't. Oh my God, Julie, do not put that gills on yourself. You <laughs> God forbid. Anyway, we love you guys. Thanks for just, I don't know. Thanks for existing. I, I needed to talk about this and I know Julie did too. And it feels really good to have people who care. So I hope you enjoy this recap, and Isabel and I will see you on Friday for our Bravo episode. We love you guys. So as you guys know, last episode we leave off at LAX. Caitlin and Chris decide that they're gonna plan this family getaway in Breckenridge, Colorado to kind of mend the fights that the siblings are having, and really none of them are having anything of it. Okay, so we arrive in Colorado, and Caitlin has gotten two cars to take them from the airport to their cabin. One of them is a Hummer, which Chris is just so embarrassed. And it's funny because it's so hard to watch this episode and not think now, whereas like you cannot drive a Hummer now as a celebrity and not get well as anyone, but specifically as a celebrity and not get like destroyed from an environmental perspective. So it's funny because that wasn't Chris's argument. She was just embarrassed it was a Hummer because they happened to be on attractive cars. But I all I could think about was now, imagine a celebrity spotted in a Hummer, the headlines that, that would come with. Oh, my God.
1: Also, I've, I was surprised by this because I remember Hummers being the coolest thing at the time. Like, I remember Hummers being the shit and I always said it to my dad and he was every single time he was like, do you know how many miles the like gallon that gets? Like, they're ridiculous. It's a ridiculous car. And I was like, they're so cool. So when Chris hated it, I was like, are you sure you hate it? Because I remember those being cooler than you're remembering them being.
0: Well, two things. First of all, there is nothing more dad-like. I think most people can relate to asking either of your parents, but specifically your dad, about getting a Hummer, like you just having an excitement about it, probably because you saw it on My Super Sweet 16 when Cher got it for her birthday, Mm -hmm. and... And your dad's making that exact argument about the gas mileage and us not really understanding what that was at the time and now driving your own cars and realizing how expensive gas is. Totally getting it. But it's one of those things where as a kid, you do not understand what he is saying and you just want him to understand the magic that is a Hummer. So yes, yes, yes. I'm so on your page.
1: When when I was little, this is such a side note, but when I was little, my dad wanted us to learn mental math. So he would always try to make us calculate how many miles to the gallon our car got when we were driving. So and whenever I would talk about a Hummer, he would try and make me calculate how many miles to the gallon the Hummer would get versus our car. But I can't do mental math. Like, you know this, you've seen me try. So it ended up in a fight every single time. Every time. <laughs> yeah, it's like a,
0: a lesson that backfired. That's so funny. Okay, so they basically decide that Chris and Caitlin want all the older kids to go together because they're hoping that this car ride will kind of mend the tension, which clearly that's not the case. So... Kim is not having it. She tries to get in the car with Chris and Caitlin. And Chris says to her, go in the other car. It's a two-hour ride. We want you to kind of be with your sisters. And in her confessional, Chloe says, Kim and I just have a lot of tension between us. None of us have ever even apologized for the whole Bentley situation, us arguing and fighting. So I'm pushing her buttons. So Kim gets to the car and we all know what's about to happen because the thing with Chloe and Courtney is they don't... it's not that I want to say they're not passive aggressive, but they're just very aggressive. Like they're the first ones to, they're not giving her the silent treatment is kind of what
1: I mean. No, they're little instigators.
0: Yeah. So Kim gets in the car and Chloe's like, this is for the cool people, people who can't afford Bentleys ride this car. And Courtney in her confessional says, my parents make us all ride together because they think we're going to make up, but we're not going to. And Chris is not having it. Chris is like, she's going in your car. I don't care. Just do it. And in her confessional, Chris says, these girls really have to change their attitudes because this vacation is not starting out the way that I have imagined. So the car that they're in is all the older kids, Scott's driving. And Scott's like, who wouldn't want a Hummer? And Chloe goes, what do you mean? A road Hummer or a driving Hummer? And Scott's like, oh, you're talking about the car? I thought you meant a good old Humdinger. <laughs> I love Scott so much. Okay, can I ask you a question? I'm sorry if I sound unbelievably prude. is it a Humdinger where you're like, Sorry to get graphic, but i if anybody else didn't know what this was. Isn't it like when you have your lips on a guy's balls and you're like humming? Um,
1: I don't know. Let's get the Urban Dictionary definition of it.
0: Pull it up. I think that's what um, it is. And I think that's what ahead. he was referring to. And the only reason I mentioned that, one, because I can already see the influx of DMs of people being like, you guys didn't explain humming or what the fuck is it. But also... These, this is the moments of Scott that we love. We love when Scott has these little sexual innuendos, especially at times when he's with Courtney. And I know this is a small thing, but I love it. I
1: love that side of Scott. Um, Hold on. I, I can't find it because one is like the first Urban Dictionary definition is like something that's extraordinary. And then... no, oh, I have it right
0: here. I have right here. A term used to describe the sexual act of a kneeling woman who's teabagging a ball sack and humming. Yes. So, if in case anybody was curious, that's what Scott was referring to. So, do with that what you will.
1: The PG version of it, though, is to be really excited about something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. Of course. Anyway, moving on. And by the way, it's just funny because... Because last episode, we were saying how when they're all giving Kim such a hard time and Scott's kind of being silent. And we said, you know, he's at this place in the family where he's definitely comfortable, but he's kind of coming off of the cheating thing with Courtney. So to say he's walking on eggshells is maybe a little bit dramatic, although I think that's what I said last time. But he's still careful. So I love when he's a little bit more comfortable. Like, that's what makes me so happy. Me too. Me too. Okay, next scene and they arrive at the cabin and immediately the first thing they're discussing is where's is everybody gonna sleep? So Chloe's not wanting to sleep with Kim and in her confessional, Kim says, everyone's just giving me the cold shoulder. I wanna talk to someone who wants to talk to me. So she opens up her laptop and Caitlin, you know, very typical dad is like, what's online that you have to get to immediately? Kim goes, I chat. And in her confessional, Caitlin says, Kimberly is driving me nuts. She's physically here, but mentally she's computerized and it's like, she's not even with us. So Chris is frustrated too. And Kim is on video chat with Reggie showing him the cabin. And in her confessional, she says, the only thing that makes me happy is talking to my boyfriend. I'm trying to escape the fact that they're all so mean to me. It seems like nobody wants me to be happy. (laughs) Julie, I, I can't get over the image of just Kim on that computer talking to Reggie. We've seen it in the bass house. We didn't see it in this house. She really, that was her. And I get it clearly, obviously, that's her boyfriend at the time. And that was their they didn't have FaceTime. That was their prime mode of communication. But there's just something about a Reggie Bush iChat that I love it. I love to see it. I can't help it.
1: VChat, VCing was so much better than FaceTiming and they don't even compare. When she
0: kept saying iChat, when Chris kept referring it to, to it as iChat, I was really brought back to my high school days.
1: Oh my God, it was the best. And remember when you were remember in a video chat and you could see on the iChat list who else was in a video chat at the same time. So you could see if somebody was VCing without you. Yeah, and you and could, they see- could see if you we were VCing without them.
0: Yeah, and you could see who has a crush, things like that completely. So the next scene, they're all getting ready for skiing and snowboarding. And Rob helps Caitlin kind of get into her snowboarding outfit. And she comes up to show Chris. And Chris is taken aback because you have to remember, we are coming off of the subliminal plotline from last episode, which was Caitlin's basically having a midlife crisis. And up until this point, it hasn't been as highly discussed because there's been so many other things going on. And I think they were really trying to bring it to the surface here, right? Yes, definitely. So Chris in her confessional says, and again, I'm only using these pronouns because it's a direct quote. His outfit is probably appropriate for a 20 year old, but I feel bad because he's trying to look cool. And Caitlin in her confessional says, Chris likes me young and hip. I think she likes a snowboard outfit. I know there's so much stuff that has gone on with them. There's so much toxicity in that relationship. I love a happily married Chris and Caitlin. Sue me. Me too.
1: I'm not going to apologize for it. Those were the days.
0: Those were the days. It didn't seem... I mean, I, I don't know because the way Caitlin speaks about it is, I think, different than the way that Chris speaks about it in terms of how they... Like the way that they felt each other acted, so and I understand that. But as a viewer, love these days makes me feel young again. I remember watching this and being like, "Wow, I would love my marriage. I would love to feel that alive when I'm married for this many years."
1: Yeah, totally, totally.
0: So they're at the hill, and Caitlin's kind of having some issues. She keeps falling because of her knees. And Kim's snowboarding or attempting to, and in her confessional, she says, even though we're here on a family vacation, again, snowboarding is no different. I'm all by myself and my sisters go off snowboarding together. So you flash over Chloe and Courtney are having the time of their lives. And in her confessional, Chris says that, you know, Caitlin is such an incredible athlete that no matter what she decides to do, she picks it up instantly. And Chloe is in her confessional talking about how Caitlin and the young snowboarding instructors love each other. They hit it off. They're going on the ski lift together. They're hanging out. So cut to Caitlin invites these ski instructors over to the house kind of to hang out, have a beer. In her confessional, she says, I thought, why not invite all the guys over to the house? Have a little pizza, a little beer. Sounds like a good guy's night, which is exactly the epitome of this midlife crisis that Caitlin is having. Like Nothing more speaks more clearly to that than inviting over the 20-something ski instructors.
1: You know, what's funny about that is that like Caitlin was so excited that they were going to come over, but these ski instructors are probably so excited that the one of the most famous Olympians in the world, like decided to take a liking to them and invite them over to their house.
0: You know, it's funny though, Julie, it, you're so, so, so right. And I'm sure that's what they're thinking. Clearly they're athletes that are into that. But to me, like as you were literally before you said the words, I was thinking they're so excited. They're going to hang out with Kim Kardashian.
1: <laughs> like, it's probably a mix of the both. Like, it's just so funny. Like, if these people were just normal, like if the Kardashian-Jenners were just normal people, the skin starters wouldn't have gone to their house after their long day to hang out. No, I know. But isn't it so warped how our perception
0: of Caitlyn in so many ways, like I totally get she It's literally one of the best athletes that has ever existed. That being said, that's not my, when I, when I think of her, that's not the number one spot for me. It's always her involvement in the family, which like is very normal to most of us, and I'm sure most of you guys listening, but
1: to to someone else who like, isn't that invested? It's not. I do though. Think at the time, like that's, that's really our view now. And I think that's most of the world's view now. I think at the time for 20 year old, like boys who are really into athletics and like they were ski instructors, they're obviously, you know, kind of in that world. Um, The idea of Kim may have still excited them, but the rest of the family didn't mean anything to them at the time. And I don't think Kim would have meant more to them other than the fact that like she was kind of like a sex icon. Um, I don't think that she would have meant more to them to, for them to meet her than it would have meant for them to be hanging out with Caitlyn Jenner.
0: No, completely not. But that's them. That's not us.
1: (laughs) No, not us. (laughs) Obviously not us. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Anyway. So they get back to the house. Caitlyn's icing her knee you know, Chris is kind of worried. Caitlin has her hair slicked back, and Chris is this is really introducing the fact that Chris is concerned because she feels like Caitlin is on a different planet, has been for the last couple of days. You know, Caitlin's informing Chris about the fact that she invited these ski instructors over, and I think they're all just having this moment of like, okay, this is <laughs> clearly she's going through something. Right. Exactly. Right. So Kim is still, you know, on her phone. She's not talking to anyone. They're having a really good time. And Chris is saying, I want to have a vacation like we used to have. No technology. Kim's like, absolutely not. I want it. you know, we can have fun and I can also talk to people. So Caitlin says, you know, if you want to be on your phone, go to another room. I'm getting really tired of everyone being on their phone all the time. So Kim says, I wouldn't talk if I had this or not. And Caitlin says, she comes in the house and immediately goes to a computer. And Chloe goes, you don't think it's weird that she doesn't enjoy this with us? They're all yelling. And Kim says, I didn't plan this vacation. I would rather not be here. I'm sick. I don't want to be in the cold. I wouldn't have come if it was my option. Caitlin says, then go. Kim's like, I'm already here. And Chris says, it's a little late now. I would really love to have this wonderful family vacation that I planned. I was thinking maybe we could have kind of a good time. And I think they're just all becoming increasingly frustrated with Kim's texting, which like, yeah, I understand if you're watching this, it's kind of like, oh my God, they're on this gorgeous vacation. She's being so rude. But also how many times have we all been in that situation where we're just in our phones as a way to like distract us from the world?
1: Well, also Kim has found herself in the most classic catch 22, which is she's mad at everybody. So she's ignoring everybody then everybody realizes that they're mad. So they're giving her space and also want nothing to do with her. So they're hanging out without her. And then Kim gets upset because everyone else is ignoring her and doesn't want to spend any time with her. And it's just this cycle that is the most classic position to be put in.
0: Vicious cycle. Vicious cycle. Vicious. She's making it worse for herself, but also can't see that. And also Chloe and Courtney are just being so unnecessarily mean. It's just, I get that feeling of like, get me the fuck out of this house.
1: Yeah, of course. Courtney and Chloe were clearly very much ganging up on her. And I don't blame Kim for not wanting to hang out with them.
0: No, not at all. And then she's, but then what's frustrating. and, And again, I do not have siblings, but just watching this. And I'm sure you can like speak to this much better than I can. But I think it's also frustrating for her. like, why are my parents not like, why are my parents being upset with me when clearly their other kids are the ones that are causing this?
1: Let me tell you something, kid. It's the life of a middle child. Yeah, you really relate to this heart. I love your perspective. Thank you. Yeah, this is, it's like, it is the most classic situation, I think, especially on family vacations. It's funny, like when we were really young, we would go to Disney World and we would come back and people would people would ask my parents how it was. My dad would be like, oh, if you want to spend $100 per kid and hear them fight for seven hours a day, go to Disney World. And my mom was like, can you just pretend we had fun? <laughs> yeah. I can imagine
0: that. (laughs) So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom, because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So Chris is saying, you know, maybe we could just take ourselves back in the day. We could take these little things and just throw them away. And she takes Kim's sidekick out of her hand and just throws it behind the couch. Okay, before we even get into what happens next, Kim is obviously livid. And I know when we're watching this, it seems like she's over-exaggerating, but put yourself in her shoes. Imagine you're in the middle of a conversation with presumably your boyfriend on your sidekick, like those are the days and your mom throws your phone and potentially breaks it and you're in the middle of nowhere where you're not gonna get access. Julie, even just watching this, I was <laughs> fuming.
1: It's so funny. I can't get over it because it was so dramatic. It was it was really not that hard of a throw and I'm sure she didn't break it. But in the moment, it was probably the most dramatic Kardashian scene Definitely thus far and possibly for like the next couple of seasons, not as dramatic as the phone fight. But like, but
0: I know looking at it now, it seems ridiculous, but don't you relate to that? Think about everybody close your eyes unless you're driving and put yourself back into your, you know, technology is just kind of evolving. I'm thinking of myself in eighth grade having that pink razor. There was nothing. You had to pry that thing out of my hands. There was nothing that was going to get me away from that pink razor. So she's moving up in the world. She is a sidekick. Think about it. And you're in this deep conversation with your boyfriend and your mom throws it. That means war. I mean, I would have just seen red.
1: Yeah, I would have lost it. There would have, It would have been, <laughs> yeah, you're so right. I mean, I know you're right. If my mom did that to me now, I would freak out. Right. Well, now it's more of a thing. It's like, now you break your phone now. It's like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Those old phones, though, I'll tell you, they were indestructible. Yeah, that fucking. I never broke a phone until I had an iPhone. Never those old phones. My first phone, my first phone was a pink flip phone in sixth grade that that Carly had had before me and that got passed down to me. And it was the worst. I hated it so much. I had it for about three weeks, and I actually only recently confessed this to my parents. I was like, I need to get rid of this, and I ran it underwater under the sink so they'd get me a new phone. No way, that's such a you move. It was such a move. I like literally told them about this probably like a month or so ago. And they were mad about it. And I was like, how are you going to be mad? It was 15 years ago. Well, I get that those phones were truly indestructible, which
0: was a blessing and a curse because it took you so long to convince your parents to get a new one. That That is what those phones, like those early Motorola's, is what Otterbox wishes. Like, Otterbox is fucking shaking. They wish they could be as much of a brick as those Motorola flip phones from the 2000s. You're so
1: right. You're so right. The first day I got this phone, my new iPhone, I dropped it because what happened? <laughs> because Kylie posted a picture of stormy and i ran in to show my mom and i dropped on the floor
0: actually, without actually we don't talk about that enough that's like top five funniest things ever she literally texted our group chat she was like guys i literally just broke my phone because i was running in to show my mom the video of stormy the only thing the only thing that makes that story not as classic as it could be is that it wasn't luna yeah a hundred percent you're so right yeah anyway so kim says you know chris realizes like oh shit she's really mad and and she's like come here i didn't mean to break it and kim goes no where's your purse you're gonna see your phone go down the toilet so chloe leads this chant <laughs> kim's mature kim's mature we <laughs> am just like oh my god I, if i was kim i know she was being unnecessarily rude but god damn i would have gone crazy
1: yeah It's so funny because all I can do watching this episode, like I texted Isabel during this and I was like, I was like, I know Kim's older than me and presumably like has done this her whole life, but I just need her to know that like everything she's doing in this episode, I invented it.
0: (laughs) It's so true. This is, this is the Julie Kramer method to frustration.
1: Yeah. Everything she's doing, I
0: invented Yeah. So Kim goes upstairs, finds Chris's phone, takes it out of her bag, and she throws it off of the second floor balcony. And in this very dramatic confessional, Kim looks directly at the camera in her crazy updo and says, it's what she deserves. Like something that doesn't happen as much on current day Kardashians because I think they recognize how insane it was is the drama in these confessionals or the drama in these moments or when they're playing the music when she's going on her way to get her Bentley and then we find out that it's not ready. It is, that's why I said last episode, Cinematic Genius and I don't take it back. It added, imagine yourself watching this for the first time because even this time I'm like,
1: Oh, (laughs) I I love it. So hard. That cut of Kim being like, it's what she deserved is literally, it should be in every movie ever. I don't even I don't even care if Kim's not in the movie. It should just be like the most dramatic thing happens in the movie and it should cut to Kim in the confessional going, it's what she deserved. You know, it's the, it's the best thing
0: ever. So Chris says, Oh my god, and Kim says, if you don't want it done to yours, don't do it to mine. By the way, just like, like, I want to be like, Kim, like, I, I know you're really upset, but she didn't do it to yours. But like, we don't talk about it, but that's, that's not what she did. <laughs> like, no, it was like two very different things. Yeah, Chris, like, th- casually threw it behind the couch. Kim, like, launched it all, off of the second floor balcony and tried to pretend that they were equal, which, like, I was not going near her. But I just wanted to say, like, if we're counting points,
1: <laughs> not so even. Also, imagine a current day Kris Jenner sitting in the living room with her phone in a bag in the upstairs bedroom. So funny you said that I had that same thought. Like, what? Couldn't be.
0: Couldn't be the Kris Jenner that I know. Well, I think the thing is, her... Yeah, it could not be the Christianity. But anything that was going on was so much more minimal. Like there wasn't going to be anything that would have come through that was urgent. There wasn't a KKW beauty line. Kylie Cosmetics wasn't potentially selling out. Okay, she could keep her phone away for the night.
1: Oh my God. I just remembered we're about to get to Kylie. Let's move on. <laughs>
0: okay. So Caitlin says, why don't you just go home? And Kim's like, perfect. I'd love to. So Chris tells Rob, go upstairs, get Kim, tell her to come down so we can all talk. So in his confessional, Rob says, the whole family is definitely bashing on Kim. And so I go in there to talk to her. By the way, as I said last week, Rob MVP, not just looks wise. Truly, he's so kind and supportive and wants to make peace. And I loved it.
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. MVP of the episode. MVP of everything. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I forgot how sweet he was also. like I never forgot how hot he was, but I forgot how sweet he used to be.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate that it seems like some of the choice of people he surrounded himself with kind of changed that for him a little bit, but I hope he's getting back into it. they always said he's so sweet. Anyway, so Rob comes into the room and Kim's like, they're just so rude. Everyone's rude. I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want. It's not like we're kids. I'm 27 years old. So they're all downstairs and Chris says to Kylie, Kylie, can you please go into Kimmy's room and tell her how much we love her? And Chloe goes, just tell her to come here. Tell her I have a Cartier watch for her. So you watch an 11-year-old Kylie walk into Kim's room. Rob is in there getting the suitcase. And Kylie says, Kim, Chloe has a Cartier watch for you. She wants you to come in there. And Kim goes, Kylie, that's not funny. Kylie goes, it's not me. That's what Chloe
1: and I don't even know what Cartier means. What do you think is crazier? Chris leaving her phone in another room or a version of Kylie Jenner that doesn't know what Cartier is? Julie, I want it to be like, give yourself quite literally
0: four years. At 15 years old, your arms are going to be lined with those Cartier bangles. Don't even worry about
1: it. Oh my God. You're going to forget what your own skin looks like. It's going to be so covered in Cartier. Yeah,
0: that was... Watching that line was one of those, you know, that it's good when we make the conscious decision to like rewind and be like, this has to go on the story. Cause we try to limit the Kardashian content on our story. Cause a lot of people just really hate them, which like, fine. I'm not going to push it on you. But that was, that was, that was the kind of line where you could absolutely despise the Kardashians and still find it hilarious that Kylie Jenner, which is potentially one of the most ostentatious, extravagant, boasting of her wealth celebrities that exists there's a time when she didn't know what Cartier was. And it's just like, to go back to that simplicity feels almost otherworldly.
1: I wish Kendall and Kylie were like more open to posting the funny shit they said when they were kids. Cause like, even when Chloe, Courtney, and Kim are doing it at this age, like they're obviously younger and they're so different and it's such like a different world for them. It's not as funny because it's just like, they're still basically adults at this point. They're just adults who haven't, Unearth this lifestyle yet. But Kendall and Kylie, most of them are just like cute, funny quotes from kids. And I wish that they would just like poke more fun at that because they have such iconic quotes and they're so little at the time that they can do such funny shit with it now.
0: I know. I I wonder why. I wonder if it's just... I don't know. I wonder if it was not a pleasant experience looking back on it, but it's true. They could be doing so much more even, and I didn't watch this yet. So I don't want to say that I did. I can't comment on it. But Caitlyn Jenner uploaded a YouTube video that Isabel sent us of like her watching, reacting to moments of, in keeping up. And they've only really done that when they do like those big things on E, but I wish that was more of like an Instagram series. Like that could be a casual thing that they could just do, or even Kylie on her stories kind of like when, some of the real housewives will do that randomly. Like that is the type of content that I would so, so watch.
1: Yeah. I wonder what it's gonna be like when I think Kim and Kylie primarily show their kids keeping up with the Kardashians. Like, I think specifically North and and Stormy will appreciate it out of all of them because I think they're just gonna think it's so funny to watch them. But specifically Stormy, because of how young Kylie was at the time, it's just a home video. It's not a reality show. It's literally a home video for them. Yeah, exactly.
0: 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. so in her confessional Chris says Kim feels like everyone's ganging up on her and to be honest there are so many family members that you can feel that way really easily so Courtney goes in to try to see what's going on and Kim says everyone's rude you're rude everyone just needs to leave me alone Courtney says for what and Kim says because of the way you all treat me it's rude I do nothing but nice things for everyone and if I want to be left alone if I want and she's starting to hysterically cry and Courtney just loses it because she breaks out into laughter and Kim's like get the fuck out if you're going to continue to laugh and make fun of me and in her confessional, Courtney says one of the lines that has turned into one of the most famous gifts I think ever. She says, I start laughing at Kim when she's crying because I just can't help it. She has this ugly crying face that she makes. And in that moment when she said it, a montage in my mind of all of Chris's Kim's crying faces just flashed like, like a
1: fucking, I don't even know what it was. I forgot it was in this episode that she said that for some reason. I don't, I honestly don't know why, but her saying it the first time is the most iconic. I know. And I immediately flash you when Kim loses
0: her earrings in Bora Bora, when she's crying about the fact that she's divorcing Chris Humphreys. There are so many moments because it's true. Kim Kardashian is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. That being said, just subjectively,
1: her crying face is a little rough, which, hey, that's fine, but like it really is. She should have an ugly crying face. It should balance it out. You shouldn't get to have a beautiful face and a really pretty crying face. You shouldn't be able to look cute while you're crying and be gorgeous. That's just not fair. There has to be some balance in the universe. No, I understand. It's a necessary trade off, and,
0: and and I think she's the fact that all of those times happen to be televised. Like she's really getting it, so fair. So Chloe's listening outside the door of the room, and in her confessional, she says. Kim's feelings are hurt and she's upset and she's really crying. I feel bad. And you can tell with the exception of Courtney laughing and she really wasn't laughing because she wasn't taking it seriously. She was laughing because of the reaction. Like, I think they started to recognize this was fun and now Kim's actually upset and like, we love her. Like, we're not looking to make this girl miserable.
1: Right. It's all fun and games until the other person actually gets upset and you have to feel bad. Right.
0: So next scene, we switch back to Caitlin's midlife crisis. Her ski instructor friends arrive. Caitlin is just the happiest person ever. And in her confessional, she says, all this tension in the air, estrogen in the air, cell phones flying. It's going to be great to have the guys come over and just have a good time. So, So they're all there and like, they don't know what's going on. So Courtney calls Chris over and she's kind of confused asking who are these random people in her house. So we flash back to Caitlin, who is truly in her prime. She's talking to these ski instructors about her time in the Olympics and this is something that I think is just very much a dad thing, but it's really, really amplified when you happen to be an Olympic champion. So Caitlin's telling these ski instructors about the games and about her prime. And you can see, it was kind of like, anytime you watch your parents speak about the prime in their lives to a younger audience that really cares, there's nothing like watching that as the kid. It's you, like, it's a it's a palpable sense of pride that I think is so much fun.
1: Yeah. I, it's just so funny because I feel like we have such different experiences with that. Because I think that your stories about your dad are so funny and so cool about like his time. So you're like so proud of it. And obviously, this time, like Caitlin's a full fledged Olympian. And as you're saying it, I'm just thinking back to like my dad's stories and us all <laughs> making fun of him as he's like sharing the prime of his life and all of us like gathered together, cracking up as we're mocking him for what he's saying. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, Eva's Emma, approach to her dad and his his stories is so different to like my dad when he was telling me how umass band had the greatest parties on campus that's so funny you know my dad's
0: like studio 54 forget about it
1: (laughs) (laughs) my dad's like the umass marching band parties yeah i used to have people begging me to be invited
0: (laughs) (laughs) i wish all those videos of my dad telling you frizz free up your schedule with way go to th dot com and enter promo code celebs for 15% off any product that's th dot com promo code celebs so i think what's happening with chris is that caitlin is typically the type that takes a little bit of time to warm up so chris is confused because she just met these ski instructors the same day they come over and caitlin is just so opening up to them and i think they're all just a little bit confused as to what's going on and Chloe says to Chris, you know, Caitlin is having a full-blown midlife crisis. She needs help. And while this is all happening, they're kind of wondering where Kim is. So Chloe says in her confessional, Kim's being sensitive right now because there's so many of us and she's alone. So Kim walks to the hot tub and in her confessional, she's saying, the last thing that I want to do is hang out with these fucking weird ass ski instructors. She refers to them as Caitlin and her weird friends. And she says, (laughs) "My my whole family seems to be more interested in hanging out with them than me. I need some space. By the way, understandable.
1: I thought the, sh- <laughs> the ski instructor seemed very nice.
0: Julie, I thought I would have had the time of my life with them.
1: Yeah. I mean I would have I would have had fun. It's not like if Caitlin brought home a lacrosse team, but like yeah, it would have been a good time.
0: Don't joke about the lacrosse players. Julie. <laughs> so Chloe says to Courtney, Can we talk? Don't you think it's so weird that Kim started crying? And Courtney's like, no, she cries a lot. And Chloe says, true, she's very emotional. Courtney says, I mean, I feel bad. I don't want her to feel that way. And Chloe says, I feel really bad, but I mean, whatever, we won't do that anymore. And in her confessional, Chloe says, Courtney and I have agreed that we should just be nice to Kim. We feel bad, it has a lot to do for us for ganging up on her, and we'll just call it a wash, who cares? So they're all going, they're going dog sledding, and Kim says, yeah, yeah, it sounds fun, but I just, I can't stand to be around them. So they're all out. And back at the house, Kim calls Reggie and she tells them everyone's dog's sledding. And he says, you know, why didn't you go with them? And she's like, I'm miserable. Everything's not fun. And he makes the very rational and logical suggestion of why don't you just come home? And you could tell a light
1: bulb just went off in her head, right? Yeah, like she never thought of it before that.
0: Yeah. So Chloe's saying, I just know I'm going to remember this forever. It sucks. Kim can't be here, et cetera. Okay, they get back to the house and nobody knows where Kim is. And Chloe's like, has anyone seen her in the last couple of hours? They all say no. So Chloe goes up to check, and she says she looked earlier, and she's like, the door was shut, but I didn't, you know, I didn't think anything of it. So she opens the door, and Kim's not there. Again, very dramatic, kind of like, John, ja ja. Her bags are gone. There's a note left on the bed, in quite literally, the most dramatic move. Chloe runs downstairs to tell Chris that Kim wrote a note and then she left. So Chloe's reading the note. It says. I'm extremely tired of everyone ganging up on me and treating me with such disrespect. I've made the decision to go home. Thanks for the wonderful family
1: vacation. What a move, I gotta tell you. Yeah, what a move. What a move. Also, what an ending line. Thanks for the wonderful family vacation. Why don't you just stick a dagger into them, Kim? (laughs) (laughs) So, Chloe and her confessional. I'm really worried. I'm really
0: scared. Did I make her leave? I want to be like, Chloe, you are a smarter girl than this.
1: Quite literally, you literally the reason she left. <laughs> like, what? I remember, when you were younger and you would like, everyone would walk around being like, no shit, Sherlock, and it was really annoying. This was one of those times where I really wanted to bring that back just for Chloe's sake. Exactly.
0: So, Chris is like, call her right now. Chloe's, you know, we've never gone here before. How does she know where to leave? she has a production crew. Like, it's just so funny when these are the concerns that are being brought up and like, clearly her safety is not at risk, but I get it, fine. Right. So they all feel really bad and Chris says, I feel really bad and I think Courtney and Chloe realize that this time they've really gone too far. So they kind of come to the realization in a way that like, (laughs) I get it. It, Acting as if it is this profound realization. Like, Chloe really comes to it and she's like, you know, honestly, when two people are ganging up on you, it really is a lot. And you are all sitting here watching, like you literally berated her. What did you think was going to happen?
1: Right. You were literally chanting at her that she was mature and making fun of her. And also Chris and Caitlin on top of it, like instead of being like she's obviously on her phone because she's upset with everybody else and doesn't want to talk. And they just completely ignored that fact. They're like, why are you always on your phone? Like The phone had nothing to do with it. The phone was a stand in for the larger issue.
0: So Chloe calls Kim over voicemail, tells her to come back. You know, we just want to make sure you're okay. Again, we have this very dramatic footage of Kim wheeling her bags down the street in the snow. She's walking into the bus station and in her confessional, she says, so getting home isn't as easy as I thought it would be. I need to go to the bus station and then wait there. And you hear her listening to Chloe's voicemail. So Kim calls Reggie and tells him, you know, I think I'm going to stay And in her confessional, she says, as much drama is going on, it's not going to get any better if I leave. It's only going to get worse. And in this moment, I just felt like Danny Tanner was smiling, you know?
1: You're right. You're right. It's a Full House moment. We love our Full House moment endings. It happens every single episode and it continues to happen. And I like it.
0: I'll tell you, the one most recent literally a couple of recent episodes ago when it ended with it to be continued after they're beating the shit out of each other and Chloe's wiping it off with the Mr. Clean, I feel like that was one of the times when I didn't feel a feel-good ending, but typically, and maybe I'm just like so nostalgic now, I feel like it
1: typically kind of is. Well, yeah, when it when they don't end... If the episode doesn't end with them solving it, it goes into the next episode and it's part of the plot. It's not like you would it ends and you just forget about it. Like they always eventually make up, but it is really unsettling. Like you feel like off balance when they haven't made up by the end of the episode.
0: Julie, I, I am actually shocked as to how off balance I feel. Like how to be continued can really just rattle my inside. What the fuck does that say about me?
1: I, I don't know. I don't even want to examine that because whatever it says about you, it says about me. Right. Like I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good with getting through hardships in my life. Like, here I am. <laughs>
0: Gracefully navigating my mom's death, yet giving up to be continued. I'm like, I can't fucking handle it. Like, no, please stop. Like what? Sometimes it'll just hit me, and I will randomly remember. I know we've spoken about this so many times, but I, there's one thing I wish I had footage for. You guys do not understand what it's like when I'm on George Washington Bridge. I just get off the West Side Highway, smooth sailing. I'm about to get into Jersey. All of a sudden. At the exact same time that Julie's Edible hits, the story about Tristan and Jordan breaks, I can't, I'm I'm pulling over, I can't text and drive, I'm on the phone, we're all panicking, we don't know what's going on. That to me is one of the most unsettled regarding Kardashians I've ever felt. And I sometimes get hit with that emotion and I'm just like, take me back to that time because while it was chaotic and unsettling and uncertain, it was fucking exhilarating.
1: Oh my God. I think that was the last time I felt alive. I think that was the last time I felt anything that day. Because the thing is, it was a combination of two things. Like we always talk about it in the sense of like, there are certain moments that are so big that everybody on the internet is talking about the exact same thing. And that was one of those moments. And those are rare. Like a lot of really big things happen in Hollywood. A lot of divorces, a lot of breakups, and we've had a lot of really big stories this year, but it's very rare that a story is so big that every single person on the internet is all talking about the same thing at the same time. And the Tristan story breaking was one of those moments where you have, I felt so united and so connected to every single person in the world. I felt like everyone at the exact same moment was doing the exact same thing. And that is the craziest, best feeling. And also when you're on the internet and it's not just like everyone's talking about, it. it's like, we're laughing at the same jokes. We're sharing the same memes. Everyone's like on a hunt to find the funniest tweet and the best Instagram post and the comment on this. And it is just, it's the most exhilarating thing in the entire world. You're so, so right. It's the best. Cause not only is it the Kardashians because that's it just adds that extra layer of special.
0: Yes. It's, but it's the camaraderie coupled with the sense of responsibility The fact that every single person is coming to you. I remember being at the gym the day after the podcast came out and nobody at the gym obviously knew that like that we have a podcast or anything about CBC, obviously, but everybody's talking about it. And here I am, I walked up to that elliptical platform as if like, hold on, here's the real story, like breaking it down. Julie's on the fucking subway platform high out of her mind being like (laughs) telling people. It was like, oh my God, Julie, I miss those days. Okay, we'll we'll stop. But I need to, we have to do a Patreon episode or something about that.
1: Oh my God, I miss it. I remember, <laughs> sorry, I a second. Like, I remember being in public and ev- hearing people talking about it. Like I remember another example of this is when the James Charles Tati thing happened, which is even crazier that, pe- that everyone was talking about it. And I remember being on the train watching somebody next to me and then like somebody on the other side of me watching Tati's video. And also when Jordan was on Red Table Talk and everywhere you look, someone was seeing it. When somebody was watching, we're watching them watch it. And you're like, oh my God, we are the same right now.
0: Yes. And that's also a similar experience, not in terms of watching. because we were all in quarantine, but, and I know this is kind of crazy, but it's true. When the Call Her Daddy drama came out and it just spanned among the generations and I was getting texts from my older family members to everybody. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so fucking wild. And I can't believe we are like... We are deemed as the most knowledgeable in our like friend groups. It's so much fun. I don't know. Yeah, I so 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 get that. Wow, what a oh time! Oh, what can- a
1: time! Wow,
0: Julie, it's going to be something else soon. The next scandal, and I, I can't wait for it.
1: Oh my god, I can't wait. It's the oh my god, I, I can't know. wait.
0: I know. Okay, so they come. She Kim comes back. They're all so happy. They run up. They're apologizing. They're hugging her. And in her confessional, Kim says, I walk in the door and I definitely feel the love. Everyone's so excited to see me. And Chloe in her confessional says, I think by her leaving, it really made me realize we should not just pick on each other for the dumbest things. I feel bad, but it was also a good learning experience for me. <laughs> it's like, I want to be like, I'm so glad it was for you. <laughs> like, Just put her through a little bit of emotional trauma,
1: but at least you got a lesson out of it. Hey. <laughs> I love the runaway for attention and then be rewarded with attention when you come back. I think it's the most classic move in the book.
0: Julie, you wrote Kim's playbook. You're so right for this episode.
1: I've only ever attempted to run away once and I made it to the end of the street and I had to go to the bathroom.
0: Okay, no, that is, that is the most
1: classic So last
0: scene, Kim's in her confessional, she's saying the fight's finally over. Thank goodness we can have a great family vacation just like my mom planned. And it's very, like I said, straight out of an episode of Full House. They're playing a game together and Chloe's saying, you know, yeah, we're going to have our ups and downs, but we're sisters. We love each other. You're going to get under people's skin. Fine. Okay. So (laughs) they all agree to go up and go to bed and Chris and Caitlin are in their own room and Caitlin's saying, I'm going to set my alarm for 630 because I'm going skiing with the guys. And Chris is saying to Caitlin, you you have to slow down. Like you had a knee injury, whatever. Caitlin goes, slow down. You don't want your husband to be slow. And Caitlin climbs over Chris and literally as while like the irony in this scene was magnificent because while Caitlin is climbing over Chris to tell her I don't need to slow down she literally hurts herself and she's you like I'm staying young and hip for you baby I like an OG Chris and Caitlyn relationship I don't know what you want from me it's fun to watch I like watching them happy
1: uh, I agree with you I can't I can't argue I won't argue and in her confessional Chris is saying you know
0: that Caitlin's been trying really hard to make herself look and feel 20 years younger, but she loves Caitlin the way she is. And Chris says, baby, I love you no matter how old you get. And Caitlin says, I'm getting a little older, but you know what? Even at my age, I got the hot wife. I got a great family. Life is great.
1: Uh, Aww, that's so sweet. Love to fucking see it. Do you not? Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it.
0: I'm so happy. I'm so alive. i uh,
1: Yes, <laughs> that was amazing
0: right it was so fun like I hope it's so funny when people message us and, and are like oh my god I get so much enjoyment I feel like I'm reliving it I listen on my run it's like I feel so fortunate for, for them because it's like we get to do this because of them but they also are as excited as we are it's like the most symbiotic relationship
1: it really is symbiotic good word good choice thanks I think I learned that in biology or something right well you definitely learned it in biology yeah <laughs>
0: Anyway, is there anything else that you want to add? Anything you want to say? Final thoughts, feelings? No, I think that's it. Okay. Well, we will be back on Friday. Isabel and I will be back for our bonus Bravo episode. Thank you for everybody who listened. It's been really, really exciting for us to do that. And then Julie and I will be back next Monday. I don't know. We have some exciting things in the works and we're just so appreciative of all of you guys. Thanks for being in this with us. It definitely has made quarantine a lot more enjoyable and it like quite literally would not exist without you all. So thank you. Thank you. We, it's not lost on us how, how lucky we are. Okay. Love you. And we will see you on Friday.